This next chat is with a lovely couple who met through a shared interest in nature and fell in love and now run a business offering free foraging walks uh, for families, for children, for adults and they uh, make their own tea and wine and uh, they're, they're just really interesting, aren't they, Dave? They're so full of enthusiasm for what they do, which is lovely in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they do events. I think you know they charge for some of them, I think. For, to find out about the events, yeah, have a look on their website, Moonfull with two L's, .co.uk. Uh, there's a lot more information on there. Um, but basically, yes, they go foraging in the, in the, in, in, on the hillsides in the valley. Yeah, and, and they've taught themselves most of the things they know, haven't they, through research and YouTube videos and books. And, and listen to his mum. Oh, yeah, well, of course, that's always uh, advisable, <laughs> It's always wise it? to listen to your mum. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and uh, it's, really, it's really interesting stuff. Um, Junk does more than this. Besides, he mentions, I think, the ti- uh, Tiny Minds, a band he was in. He also has produced music and apparently is writing a sci-fi novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> what an interesting chap. Talented guy, yeah. Yes, and uh, they are called Shirell, not Cheryl, as you called her once. Did I? <laughs> you did, uh, and Dunk. Yeah. <laughs> They're just a lovely couple. Yes. And okay. we wish them well in their business. We certainly do. We certainly do. We're sitting in a lovely little house in Mytham Ride, uh, me and Viv and Sherelle Rutherford and Dunk Foster. Drink. What is this we're drinking, Sherelle? So this is a thistle tea with lemon and Dunk has a little bit of polypore that he's added to his with some turkey tail. Well, there you go. go. Yeah, well, mine tastes splendid. How's yours, Viv? My thistle tea is lovely, thank you. Mm. Last year's thistles. Thistle and lemon, yeah. Yeah, okay, this is great. And and this is what you do. Um, You are called Moonfall, with two L's. Well, why didn't we start with you, Cheryl? You tell us, what what on earth is this Moonfall thing? (laughs) Um, So, Dunk and I met back in 2020... And it was um, the day before national lockdown, and it was also Halloween. So we were out and about with some friends and met each other. And from there onwards, we were basically inseparable. <laughs> and we had our first date at the now Forest Ridge Project. So that was uh, some friends of ours who bought some land and wanted to plant trees. And so we were allowed to be outdoors and um, safely distanced and plant trees and do any sort of permaculture regeneration projects. And we basically just fell in love and we loved all things nature. And we got back to Mythenroid and decided to move in with each other. We began foraging and looked at books, YouTube videos, anything we could get our hands on and decided that we'd turn it into a bit of a business and do three foraging walks because we didn't we couldn't find anything that was free and accessible and encouraged people experts and 
um, newbies just to get together in nature and then learn about trees, plants and mushrooms. And it just kind of blossomed from there. That sounds uh, that sounds fantastic. That's so lovely. So mix, mix that up with a bit of romance. Yeah. <laughs> I like the sound of presumably that. Presumably, you both already had an interest in that kind of thing. So meeting each other was yeah 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 just perfect yeah yeah that's right. I've I've been foraging since I'd moved to the valley. Basically, I'd smelt wild garlic for the first time and was like amazed that you could eat it. And then mm. um, from there, just uh, finding different plants that you could you could eat and use as medicine um, but when we got together we really um, started accelerating our love for it all and uh, taking it a bit more seriously and it was the first time I'd ever uh, foraged for mushrooms when me and Sherelle met. Uh, we both were interested in foraging for mushrooms but we didn't dare because it's a bit of a, a bit of a scary world if you Can know anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. anything from magic to deadly, literally. That's it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. they say you can always uh, you can try every mushroom once. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little warning. So how how did you get into it? Yeah, and find out what was dangerous and what was therapeutic. Well, at first we we just started watching um, YouTube videos. That mm. people had been making them during lockdown, and there was some, there was a good one called Wild Food UK, wasn't it? The first one we watched. Yeah. And uh, he, he'd done a, a whole uh, video on winter mushrooms the year before, I think. So mm. we were watching that. And because um, we didn't know there were, the mushrooms were available in winter, really. We'd not seen that many in the winter. Uh, but we watched this video and it showed us one type of mushroom called Scarlet Elf Cup. And it's like a small, small mushroom uh, and, it's, and it, um, it hangs upwards rather than downwards like that. It's sort of like a little cup shape, basically. And it's red inside. And we always thought that red mushrooms are poisonous for a start. Mm. Um, but this one was edible. So we, we looked out for it and we were just in Manchester where Sherelle was living at the time in uh, Clayton Vale, a big park. Mm. Uh, it's not known for being the nicest park. It's, it's, there's a lot of rubbish and stuff like that. But we started seeing these little um, mushrooms everywhere. We, we spotted a pumpkin, didn't we? And then we saw this pumpkin. And we're like, is that yeah. a mushroom? A pumpkin? Someone had chucked a pumpkin in there. For <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Halloween. <laughs> as, as in litter rather yeah, than yeah. something that was growing. <laughs> it wasn't growing, no. But then, and then around it, we saw these little red mushrooms. And we're like, that is, that's the Scarlet Elf Cup. So, mm. And then we, everywhere we looked, we started seeing uh, trails of these little mushrooms. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we looked them up on the internet because we didn't have books at the time. Um, just started researching and then we got some little books like the Collins books there the little mushroom one so we just started cross-referencing before we actually tried anything yeah wise yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a rule we've got we find we discover something one year we'll look into it a bit and then when it comes around the next season we'll try it if we're brave enough sort of thing yeah and just have a tiny little taste before uh, see how that goes and then maybe just try one half an hour later if nothing happens and, and then leave it for the for the day, and then might put it into a meal the next day for all right. Yeah. Right. And had you been foraging previously? No, I had such a sheltered life growing up in Manchester. So my <laughs> primary school and high school, even at university, just tarmac everywhere and flagstones, no green spaces, no nature classes at all. Mm. And so... When I got to university, I went to work at a summer camp in New York Ooh. for some experience, so uh, working with children, and they had their whole a whole wilderness program for the sixteen-year-olds, 
and that was getting them out in nature, so bike, hiking, canoeing, and learning about um, trees and plants and fungi. But when I got back to the UK, I kind of, I thought, this might not be for me because I don't live in um, a green countryside. I, I still live in a city centre. Um, but then when I met Dunk and realised he was interested in it as well, mm. we thought, let's just go for it. Let's That's get out fantastic. in nature. Yeah. <laughs> and you realised as well that you don't need lush green forests. Yeah. You know, it's, they're in like city parks. Absolutely. And yeah. Get some stuff. It, it it is nice in the valley when you are surrounded. Yeah, yeah. you can live in some small pockets of urban areas. Totally mm. compared to yeah. Manchester, <laughs> but you are surrounded. I'm looking out of there. I can see some sort of trees going up the yeah. hillside and, and what have hills. you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because we came we came from Liverpool originally, uh, and I mean. We could walk. You could walk for an hour before you got off off the council estate. So mm. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, and, uh, but then after that hour's walk, they turned it into Nosley Safari Park. Wow. So it's quite, it quite weird. Yeah. We walk through council estates, and then suddenly you're looking over the fence at lions. And things. <laughs> yeah, so life can be a bit a mm. bit weird. So where where have you moved from, Junk? Um, so from North Derbyshire. So mm. yeah. With my family, uh, well, I grew up with my family in Sheffield originally, mm-hmm. oh. and then we moved to um, Matlock in Derbyshire when I was about ten. So the similarities with the sort of yeah. steep-sided, certainly Matlock Baths, in the steep-sided yeah. valley, similar valley, um, yeah. rolling hills, but a bit less rugged there, a bit more twee, um, and just less creative there. In my experience, when I was there, anyway, mm-hmm. um, it once we. Once I came here, my, d- my dad had moved here originally with his now wife, um, Jill, and um, just coming to visit them from Derbyshire, discovered that it was really creative town and Hebden Bridge and, and the hole in the wall was open then and I just used to play guitar everywhere and really enjoyed it for the creativity. And you could oh, was that at the Craig Priestley's open mic night? It could have been, yeah. 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 Used to do all the open mic nights. Yeah. Um, yeah, just moved here because I, I loved it for the creativity. My brother, um, we'd both been living in Manchester for a little bit and then we moved here to make a band and, and set up a band called Tiny Minds. And... I looked on your website and the, the, the words that jumped out at me, uh, natural winemaking. Ah, yes. <laughs> mm. uh, which of you is going to tell us about natural wine making? I like so. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, so how do I begin the natural wine making story? So I think we, it was because, your well, yeah, sort of because we've yeah. been we've been foraging and we wanted to know more. So where about, where do you forage? Just out of eh, just anywhere really, just um, but mainly locally around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, like I said, we started in in. Clayton Vale together, mm. but then as soon as we got to the valley, yeah, we're just going on walks and yeah. it makes walks really fun just identifying uh, new plants and fungi and trees and seeing how they change throughout the seasons. Um, but yeah, we really wanted to to know more about what we could do with the stuff we were foraging, apart mm. from making teas, which is our go-to because it's just a really easy way of getting the medicine and good bacteria inside you. But yeah, we wanted to look into winemaking and we were talking, to, we were at my mum's and um, and she used to make wine with my dad when they met 
uh, at Leeds Uni, and they said it never used to get out of the demijohn into a bottle, right. it'd go straight in the glass. Um, <laughs> but they stopped making it um, once my brother was born uh, because mm. of the glass airlocks and stuff, they thought it was a bad thing to have around, a bit dangerous. Um, but yeah, so we, we were looking at a, a Boots, old Boots winemaking book that she had on the shelves mm. and looking at through the recipes. And I guess because it was a Boots pharmacy book, it, it involved in the recipes all the products that they would have sold at, at the Boots pharmacy back in the day. But um, like every recipe would have different chemical extracts, sachets of chemical extracts like yeast, nutrient and tannins, oil extracts, um, acidif- like acidifiers and deacidifiers. Uh, finings, which can be made out of things like uh, fish glands. I was going to say, aren't they something wine. to do with fish and yeah. finings? Because a vegan friend who wouldn't drink certain wines. Yeah, that's that it. Yeah. So yeah. there was all sorts of these sachets of, of chemicals and stuff. So we were just we just wanted to make natural country wines, basically. So and out of the things we were foraging. So straight away, um, instead of just trying out these recipes and getting all that getting all the specialised equipment or getting all these uh, ingredients. Um, we did a load of research and I looked at what, how you could get these chemicals and nutrients and compounds out of natural stuff. So for the, well, we've got our winemaking kit here um, that we've developed through the process. And um, so we've got here, we've got the our organic super nutrient, we call it, which is uh, a blend of, different ingredients. Uh, at first, when we were making the, the nu- yeast nutrient, which is basically to keep the yeast healthy and happy, because um, they like a balanced diet, basically, not just mm. the sugar that they eat to create alcohol. Um, so with the yeast nutrient, we used to get bananas and uh, raisins, ginger. Nettle. Nettle, forage nettle. Mm-hmm. And we'd um, boil it all up and reduce it until we've got a liquid and then put that in the wine to feed the yeast. Uh, but over time we've developed more sellable products. So we've got uh, dried organic ingredients and this now contains carrot, um, tomato, nettle leaf powder and uh, lemon peel powder uh, to have everything you need in a yeast nutrient. So then the, and I've got the Tannins, and that's basically molecules that help, in nature anyway, they sort of help things grow and regulate the growth of like acorns or leaves or bark and stuff like that. And we use it in wine so it can help the wine age and it gives it a sort of a bitter uh, backbone for all the flavours to shine through basically. So we just use dandelion and green tea as our tannins and mm-hmm. um, we just liked yeah seeing how we can use just things that we could easily grow or pick ourselves uh, to make really nice wine and the first batch of wines we made were pretty tasty weren't they we made a lot of flower wines so Shirella just discovered blood current flower which is like a flowering current and um, we were on a little walk weren't we and yeah we, we were on a called little out walk it called out to me I, I thought <laughs> I heard it say hi and then hello and I turned around and there was this beautiful pink flower just staring at me in a massive bush and then I looked around and I could see another bush further down another bush further down two that I had passed and I said to Dunk what is this I had a smell of it and it just 
hit me like some I, I I've never had never experienced anything like it before and every foraging walk that we did afterwards I was looking out for that again mm. but we realized that it was um medicinal edible absolutely tasty and I knew I wanted it in my diet mm. and mm. once we started making wine out of it we realized oh this is this is quite an interesting little concept let's put this together as a kit let's teach other people how to do it as well mm. and we put the kit together everything's dried now rather than having a mulch of that um nutrient. banana and mm. nettle nutrient and we have a shop online our etsy shop so we're able to sell it as a kit and send it across the uk and we're able to use it in events and we've had nine winemaking experiences over the past couple of years and then we've got another couple coming up for 2024 and it's such a highlight for us just teaching everyone what we've learned and sharing some of the forage things that we've found and fantastic it's a lot of fun <laughs> so do your wine foraging excursions go well then have you had plenty of interest? Yeah, yeah, lots of interest. Um, mm. we, have a, we have a combination event now where it's a foraging and wild wine making event, which is outdoors in Mythenroyd. And we've had five events and, you know, they've all had five-star reviews. It just, it makes me so happy just sharing our passion with someone and then being able to go away and start looking out into nature to see how they can incorporate it in their diet or turn it into a bottle of wine to give to a friend and yeah just learning about nature the same way that we have that's brilliant so you're not too precious about it so no. well you know this is ours we're not sharing it with anyone else which is what a lot of businesses yeah. do isn't it because yeah. they want the business for themselves but it's great to hear so if anyone's listening to this and thinks yeah, I'll give this a go and hopefully fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> Just an added bonus. Well, not with either of you two. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so if anyone if anyone's listening to this uh, and they're sort of wondering what to do, obviously they can go on your your website. Yeah, they can go to our website, which is moonfall with two l's dot co dot uk and on there you can find our shop and all of our events anything that's coming up for the next couple of years and you can hire us as a private event because we also travel across the uk as well to host events oh well that's well that's that's interesting interesting. yeah Yeah. (laughs) and do you tell people what equipment they'll need if they want to go to get all the stuff with you and they want to make their own wine will you sort of fill them in on what kind of equipment they'll need and yeah we've simplified it. it yeah so for right. the for the winemaking event they'll get that box there with their glass jar the yeast nutrient and tannins and also we've simplified it so that they pick their ingredients put it in the jar and then they've got a wine bottle full of sugar water and tannins water so they have their ingredients in the jar they put the whole bottle in and they take that home it ferments in the jar and then they've got their wine bottles right so you don't need it. all the demijohns and tubes and no, all the rest of it no we wanted to make it as simple as possible and, yeah. and learn from our own mistakes and and yeah. have a booklet with a step-by-step guide and more details of how to use the jar as well yeah it's like a little starter experimental kit basically 
They use these little one-litre jars and they've got mm. a valve, so uh, you don't need an airlock. Mm. Um, and it's just a good way. We still use them just to experiment with new flavours and things if we want to try out a new thing. Instead of making a whole demijohn or a bucket, we make a, just a litre, see how that goes, and then we'll make more if it works. So it's, nice. it's always useful. And yeah, we developed um, all, all the artwork ourselves and developed a little booklet with all the information about what uh, what fermentation is, uh, sanitising, and then step-by-step step of how to make a wine using the little kit. But then we also um, we also sell the yeast, nutrient and tannins mix uh, mm-hmm. in a sachet that's already mixed. So mm-hmm. if anyone wants to make a demijohn with organic ingredients, because you can't get um, organic yeast nutrient on the market at all. So can you not? The only place yeah. you can get it oh. is, is through well us. Well done, you two. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're really encouraging people to forage and make their own. It's about it's a, a business about teaching and learning and sharing, basically. Self-organised sharing, we like to call it, um, just so people can have that knowledge that we've lost um, from our ancestors about how to use different plants and herbs. That that's that's brilliant. I'm gonna sort of start winding down and saying goodbye. But is there anything else you want to say before we do that? Um, oh, we got through. I think we got through most of it. We've got an event. It's a it's basically forage preserves event at the old co-op, and we've got three free events that people can join. So I think that's that's it really. Those three events and then the. Are they coming up? <laughs> we have uh, three free foraging experiences coming up so you don't need any experience yourself to come along we will take you on a walk with flashcards we've got foraging bingo for the kids you'll be given a booklet so you can write any notes in there as well and a compostable pen and we also have a foraged preserves event at the old co-op in Todmorden um, also known as the kindness hub that's fantastic. Can I say one more thing as well? Yeah, sure. Uh, just that we do these uh, bespoke nature trails and wild tales for nature reserves. Uh, we were asked to do it in the first place and then we started developing um, the idea so we can do it anywhere in the UK. And it's sort of story-based, so we tailor the story um, of the trail to whatever sort of nature reserve uh, the landscape and the stories that already exist within the landscape there, and these plaques around uh, what we did, what we've created. I've painted these, and we, and it's sort of like a treasure hunt around the reserves, and we talk about the medicinal properties of the plants and all the good stuff, basically. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks, thanks a lot, both of you. It's um, it's 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 that's it's really fascinating. And as I said, the reason we started doing this these podcasts is because we live in a valley. Yeah. Awash with, as you said before, Don, creativity. Yeah. And yeah. imaginative people. And um, you're up there with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the imaginative people. So yeah. th- thanks a lot. And just a reminder, it is moonfall with two L's dot co dot UK if you yes. want to find out any more. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks both of you. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs>